folks, and welcome to episode 11 of the Video Game Choo Choo podcast, Choo Choo Gotcha Unlimited Trainworks. I recovered that. Yeah. I almost screwed up, but I fixed you did it, it, so it's okay. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Uh, I'm here, John, uh, hosting the show, and uh, with me, as always, are Rose. Hi. I'm always, always. Mm-hmm. And Trixie. Hey, I'm here. This time. <laughs> this time. <laughs> Are you, are you, are you planning on, are you planning on taking some vacation days? Nah. Okay. Just always a fixture on this wonderful (laughs) podcast of ours. Exactly. Yes, yes, you are. And we're, we're very happy that you're here. Um, so this is an off week, so we're not going to talk about Bakke Monogatari. So all of you trying to bug us about Bakke Monogatari, you're going to have to wait a fucking minute because that's not this week. This week we're just hanging out and talking about what we've been uh, watching and, and or doing lately, you know? Our anime catch-up. A little fun, fun episode for, for friends. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I did a lot compared to you. This is kind of insane. I'm looking at my list, and I did way more than y'all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I watched almost nothing. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I, I stayed up. I kept up mostly with a... With the stuff that we normally keep up with, you know, your mobs, your JoJo's, your slime, etc., etc., etc. But I also went ahead and grabbed that Shonen Jump subscription. Oh yeah, nice. that seemed like a good thing. It's two dollars a month, which is insane for how much content there is on that app. Yeah, and I mean, you know, there's some there's some holes in it. Like I'm still really shocked that it doesn't have Hunter Hunter. Yeah. Wow. Huh. But it has. It has all of One Piece on it. Like that's, that's insane. That's that makes the Hunter Hunter thing seem even weirder. Honestly, yeah. I mean, One Piece is One Piece. You know, like, One Piece is an institution on its own. <laughs> hey, Hunter Hunter is an but, institution. I won't hear no bad mouthing of Hunter Hunter. I'm not. I'm not bad mouthing Hunter Hunter. I'm just saying, like, like Japan might as well be the fucking country of one piece and half of america may as well be also like it's very popular so you know i understand why they would want to get one piece on there immediately but you know i I definitely agree that they should hurry up and get hunter hunter on there but they have like all of dragon ball i think i think maybe just z i don't know if they have original dragon ball in there yeah that's that's a shocker yeah they got they just added one punch man uh, they have a lot of the like currently airing stuff on there, airing, uh, currently printing stuff on there. Like they they keep up with My Hero Academia. Like I think it's, I don't I don't know if it's day and date, but it's close to it, which is pretty surprising and pretty cool. Um, you know they have pretty much what would be showing up in physical Shonen Jump in Japan is what we would get over here in the app pretty quickly. So that's neat. <coughs> So that is neat. Um, t- just two dollars, and I'm not getting paid to talk about this at all. So you know, don't worry about it. But there you go, two bucks a month for that. And I guess I could talk real quick about what I what I read on there. Yeah. Cause you know, there's some neat stuff. Um, I kind of just went on an Akira Toriyama stint, which is pretty crazy. Um, first thing I read was Sandland. Which was, I think it's a newer thing that he did. Um, I mean, newer in the grand scheme of things. It was. Yeah. It's, it's from 2000, but 
you know. Relatively new. Yeah, relatively new. It's a it's a really cute uh, like one volume story about a um, like a little a little prince uh, demon named Beelzebub who uh, just he, he's like demons in this universe are just like mischievous troublemakers. They don't cause harm. They're just there to mess around, but they're kind of friendly in a way. And then this old dude named Rao shows up to the demon village and says, "Hey, demons." Can y'all help me out? I'm going to try to find where the king keeps the water. Because it's a desert world where nobody really has any access to water except for the king. And the king is selling it for uh, slightly jacked up prices. Which I thought was kind of funny how it's like, you know, like in most post-apocalyptic all the waters run out things. It's like... Oh, they're charging a hundred dollars for a liter of water. In this world, it's like they're charging like seven dollars per liter of water, and it's like that's awful. But it's not like overwhelmingly awful. Yeah. It's just like seven dollars—that's ludicrous. But the, the, he, uh, Rao is still planning on taking down the um, the monarchy and uh, freeing the water for the people. And it's just a cute story about that. I would highly recommend uh, reading reading it. It's, it's It'll take you like 15, 20 minutes to read through all of it because it's like 14 chapters. And it's a very – these are short chapters. Oh, no, it's it's like – yeah, 14 chapters and they're like maybe like 10 pages per chapter. So it's already done. But, oh, it's it's it was it was done very quickly. They, they basically put it all out at once. Um, nice. But – it was good. It was very, very good, and I highly recommend it. If you have it, if you have the Shonen Jump uh, subscription, it's like a, it's a, like a twenty-minute read. It's very good. And the other thing I read, which uh, Kira Toriyama did not actually write and or draw this, but it's based on his work. Uh, I read through that uh, reincarnated as Yamcha manga. Oh yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> it was very good. It was very stupid. It was based. It, the the story is that. A uh, a boy who is a Dragon Ball fan trips and falls down a flight of stairs, and he seemingly dies. But instead of just dying, he gets reincarnated as Yamcha during the Dragon Ball era. But since he's such a big Dragon Ball fan, he realizes like, oh wait a minute, if I if I go take this path, if I don't go train. I'm just going to be how Yamcha is in the show, and I'm just going to die. I'm just going to get killed by the Cybermen. So instead of just, like, going to hang out with Bulma, he goes and trains. And so it just shows him, like, whooping the ass of the Cybermen. Nice. And, like, actually being of help during the Frieza arc. (laughs) And just all this other stuff. Like, it's, it's really, really funny. Again, it's, like, a volume long. It's not that long at all. But I would also recommend reading through that if you if you like. I mean, if you like Dragon Ball, if you haven't if you haven't watched or read any Dragon Ball, it'll go over your head. But if you know the story, at the very least, up through the Cell arc, then then you'll get it. Um, there's some other references to some stuff from like Super, but it's mostly pretty periphery. Like there's there's a part where <laughs> one of my favorite parts is um. When they're during the Saiyan arc where uh, Goku and Goku's fighting Vegeta, 
there's a moment where Vegeta's like, oh, I'm going to just take all of you out. And quote-unquote Yamcha just goes, wait a minute. I, I know what'll scare the pants off of Vegeta. Nobody's brought him up yet, so I would be the only one who knows this. And he just goes, look, Vegeta, behind you, it's Lord Beerus. And Vegeta's like, what? what? How would you know about Beerus? <laughs> it's really good. Um, very, very good. I like it a lot. And the last thing I read, which I'm just kind of going through because it's very long, uh, but I'm digging through it, is Dr. Slump. I started to read through Dr. Slump. Uh, that was the manga that Akira Toriyama did before Dragon Ball. It is a pure comedy manga. It's about a, uh, a, a slightly sleazy, just oafish professor who decides that he wants to make a robot little girl to be his daughter and he does and she's just this complete troublemaker that is just constantly running around and breaking shit but she's incredibly powerful like you know there was there's there's episodes of dragon ball where she shows up and she's like stronger than goku because it's funny if she's stronger than goku like she just runs off of like looney tunes logic and it's it's really weird. It's just it's incredibly self-referential. Like it's it's the kind of thing where it like it reminds me a lot of how Hideo Kojima treats himself, but in a more self-deprecating way. Where like in Metal Gear, they'll you know characters will be like, "Oh, Hideo Kojima's god. Oh, Kojima's god." But in Doctor Slump, people will like straight up be like, "Oh yeah, no, Akira Toriyama. That guy's our creator." And they're like, "Oh yeah, that." that piece of shit fucking cares about him <laughs> like, just some people will be like oh you're very handsome but akira toriyama is the only one that's more handsome than you <laughs> just, oh. and then he'll he'll like draw himself next to that word bubble and he's got like snot coming out uh-huh. his nose and it's <laughs> just like that nice but it's 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 very very funny um it like i said it has like a looney tune style to it but it's m- What's so surprising about it is that the sense of Looney Tunes animation is more in how the panels are structured and the dialogue and how it flows. Like, one of my favorite parts that I saw was there was a there was a moment where uh, there was a crow, like, flying overhead, and it made fun of one of the characters. And so she looked up at the crow, yelled out, you jerk, at it! And then there was just a big exclamation point above her head when she said that, and she just grabbed the exclamation point and hit the crow with it. Wow. It's like, it's... And it's so dynamic, it's so endearing. Like, I, I really, really love it. My only caveat is that there are some bits of it that are very outdated, and there are some jokes that are really rough or just not good at the maybe in the first place there's a lot of jokes about just men in dresses and like Mm -hmm. you know some just some other like rough jokes that i wouldn't would not condone but i think as long as you're aware of that and as long as you you know you're you're if if it's something that doesn't bother you as much it's you know, it, it's it's still a good manga. I still would recommend it. It is still very funny, but you know, it's something it's something to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm like thirty something chapters in, almost forty. 
uh, out of like 230-something, so I still have a long way to go. But you can definitely see how Akira Toriyama got to where he is, or got, got to Dragon Ball from that, because the way that he conveys action is very similar to the way that he conveys comedy in Dr. Slump, because of how dynamic it is and how the panels flow. So you can compare like some of the great fight scenes in Dragon Ball, at least the manga, the way that the panels are structured, the way that the fights flow. Yeah. Like if you if you swapped that out with just a comedic scene of someone falling over, or somebody just being dumb and la- and doing something silly, it would fit flawlessly. Like that's it, it's it's nice. really surprising like how that works. But yeah, that's that's those are that's what I've read so far. I'm you know I'm gonna keep reading more stuff and I'll keep recommending uh, as I go through. Um, but uh, Rose, hi, I'm here. Yes, what have you been up to? Oh, uh, you know, uh, like I said before the show, uh, I've actually been not watching much anime because I've been watching uh, a live action show, if you believe it or not. But the fuck yeah, what the hell uh but i did watch uh 16 episodes of little witch academia so far uh i had not watched it um before this uh i had seen the first movie ova ova or movie what was the first they're both, thing they uh, made? they're both movies okay uh so i watched the first one of those uh and then i watched the series and it's pretty good that's what i think uh I like how it is extremely a kid show, I guess, honestly, like in structure, which is kind of good because it means that I get a lot of really good trigger shit without trigger shit. Without the grossness (laughs) of trigger shit. Yeah. Like the, like the second opening, like has like a ton of like just straight up kill a kill shit. And then it's like, oh, well, thank God I can enjoy this without worrying. Yeah. Uh, and I've enjoyed watching that so far. I know people seem to have mixed feelings about it's. It's mainly the second half that I've got mixed feelings with. But yeah, I've heard the, that. the first half is like pretty uh, flawless comedy. Yeah, it's Cuteness. just cute. It's just cute and yeah. heartwarming, and I like it. Uh, it is extremely fucking like oh yeah y'all like harry potter huh which i guess it had to be right like at a certain level but especially with like diana literally being malfoy style fucking character but it's better because she's a girl uh (laughs) but yeah there's lesbians you know it's pretty good uh yeah, uh, I'm interested to see how I feel about it going in, because I know some people who love the second half, I know some people who don't like it very much. Uh, I've seen some people say that a character that was introduced recently should be arrested for war crimes, wondering where that's going. Uh, yeah. Um, it, honestly, that makes me wish that Trigger would make something that's not problematic, quote-unquote, more... <laughs> I guess I guess Little Witch Academia is like the closest they got to making a non-edgy uh, show. Well, it's not know. even just like the edgy thing. It's like uh, I guess it is like edgy, huh? I just think edgy in my head, and I go Shadow the Hedgehog. What's wrong with that? Nothing. 
<laughs> uh, but yeah, like I, I just want like something where they don't try to do something. I guess that's what I want. Like they, they try to say something every time, and the thing they have to say is bad. It, it helps that uh, since Little Witch Academia is way closer to a kids show than their usual fare, it uh, a, a lot of that uh, weird. Uh, problematic or even uh, out of place stuff isn't as uh, as detrimental because it's obviously all like yeah. kids focused and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like it's extremely kids focused. Like they're, the format of all of those episodes in the first half are like, yeah, this is just like a kids show. Like you could compare it to anything. Like, oh, here's the wacky episode where they go in someone's brain. Here's the episode where there's a ghost pirate or something and it's wacky and like mm-hmm. it's a lot of like it's a nice departure from the uh, the movies, which both of them had a central plot to it. Uh, I I was expecting the show to have that, but no, it's mostly episodic. Yeah, like it. recently, it's gotten into more like focused on like the word stuff and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. I love Chariot. That's what I'll say. Uh, yeah, I think she's the best character. I love uh, when. Like, that's just, like, a really realistic portrayal of a character, I guess, that I really like. Like, the idea of just, like, oh, she was, like, trying really hard when she was, like, a teen to be cool and stuff like that. And then she, like, had her big moment and then was, like, immediately crushed by expectations and stuff. Uh, Yeah. And now she's just a depressed lady with glasses. And it's like, oh, big mood. Um. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I like seeing her in Akko. It's really cute. What else? Yeah, that's about it for Little Witch. Uh, other than that, you know, it's just been the weekly updates. You know, your your magical index. You know what's happening in that? Hmm. I'm always ready to hear about what's happening in magical index. <laughs> well, remember when I showed you that picture of that angel talking and they were like, I was just a little being or whatever yes yeah okay so now there's just been a fight with an angel going on for like three episodes and it just talks like that non-stop and doesn't say any english words unless it's plot convenient like group Uh so it'll just be yeah no like so it won't even say that it'll be like returning to headquarters and then like uh fucking accelerator will be like wait a second (laughs) just (laughs) and it's just like uh and uh, it's just like a lot of really funny shit honestly right now in index because one of the main players involved is the pope and it's just this guy being like no longer will i be the roman pope i will be a hero for humanity <laughs> and he's like killing God. a priest or something and it's like because i should say this this half of the season started with the pope being beat the shit out of in the vatican <laughs> by this anime woman oh, okay <laughs> And all of, like, the popes and everyone else is drawn differently from, like, and like the main characters and everything. I'm assuming because they're supposed to be portrayed as, you know, like, Western or, like, yeah. it's that of thing. But it's really funny because they are all, like, really, like, these detailed things. And then you have this, like, anime woman beat up this hyper-realistic old man. <laughs> it's really <Jesus>. funny. <laughs> um, but that nonsense just keeps going. Uh, I honestly, my biggest thing is, like with index has been the same this entire time and it's that between the proper nouns and the sheer amount of characters they have it's insane to keep up with at any given point like 
every episode is jumping around between like 17 different players and it's like okay well i know accelerator i know the main boy and i know miss misica like i know all of these three and then it's like I don't know any of the fuck of these people. Like, all of a sudden, a woman will come in, and she's flying in, and she has angel wings and a halo, and they'll all be like, oh my gosh, it's Kobayashi or something. And I'll be like, who the fuck's Kobayashi? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, especially considering, like, this probably makes sense, you know, if you were reading the manga month, like, week to week or month, month to month or whatever. This is, like, the third season, again, ten years out. Ten years after the last season. And it's like, I don't remember this shit. I was like a little baby. Huh. Um, yeah, index. Whoa. I just think it's funny, and they just keep saying like the Roman Pope, World War Three, etc., etc. It's like a thousand buzzwords. Ugh, it's a nightmare. Someone, someone writing that script just really liked to capitalize words. I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, like extremely so. It's even worse when like with Misaka, there's like seven thousand Misakas like, just hanging out. They're all, like, robots or whatever. And, like, she'll just go up to them, and then it will be like, Misaka says to Misaka, and I'm like, shut up, stop, 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 don't, no. <laughs> Do not. Do not speak. Uh. And now there's, like, an edgy Misaka robot that Accelerator beat the shit out of, like, really aggressively, and then he just randomly decided to be like, I'm going to save you. And now they're friends? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. She, her arm is still broken because he beat the shit out of her for no reason. I don't know. I don't I'm know. Not gonna bother fixing the arm. No, no. Why would you? It's fine. <sighs> Although uh, it, uh, they did say my favorite line recently on that show, which is Accelerator saying, "This level of darkness is still pretty weak sauce," which is the funniest thing I've ever Hell heard yeah. an anime character say, probably. <laughs> Now, that legit could have sounded like a Shadow the Hedgehog line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he does that when he grabs that damn fourth Chaos Emerald. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, other update, Sword Art Online. Remember I said there was that clown? Yeah. Oh. All right, so with the clown, this is fucked up, okay? So there's the clown. Mm-hmm. The clown was, like, up there with Horny Jean d'Arc, who is just naked all the time now. Uh, right. She just sits around floating naked and, like, talks about how she wants to rule the world and kill everyone. Um, mm-hmm. She told the clown to kill them, and the clown was like, I don't know. And she was like, you can fuck me if you kill Kirito. And the clown was like, God. the clown literally went, Whoa! and then inflate, inflated, inflated himself. And then, like, uh-huh. sat on, like, spun around on his head and then just stayed like that for the entire fight, shooting out fire out of his ass. Okay. And then he just got brutally murdered. Okay. And he went, <laughs> ah, I'll never touch her boobs. He died. And I was like, this is disgusting. I'm sure it's even more horrifying to, like, visually watch than... Yes, because especially, I want you to consider, the clown is smaller than everyone else. The clown is, like, a foot tall. What? Yes, the clown is, like, a foot tall. And he's called Senator Chuddlekin. Senator Chuddlekin is a small clown (laughs) who can inflate himself, (laughs) dies, but was horny one last time before he exploded. Not just that, horny for uh, Jean d'Arc. Yeah. 
I mean, we all are. We're online. It's just horrible. Like, she's literally just completely naked, except she's wearing these little, like, heel covers that cover her heel and ankle. Which honestly feels more perverse than anything if she was just outright naked, <laughs> if I'm thinking about it. Like, that's just, like, designer intent, you know? Like, the designer was yeah. like, all right, so she's going to be naked. Wait, no. No, 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 no. What if feet? And it's like, no! Are you the fucking Fire Emblem guy? <laughs> um, but yeah, and then the funniest thing is that after that clown dies, they do a 15-minute speech with horny Jean d'Arc, who is again floating there naked. <laughs> and Kirito's like, let me tell you about the power of friendship and the reality of God in this world. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about, Kirito? And then she's like, I don't care. And then she makes 16 swords fused together into a giant robot that stabs Kirito and kills him. I mean, oh. now that's honestly a big mood. But then it's fine because the little tiny librarian voiced by Nero comes out of a door and then heals Kirito. Oh, unfortunate. And then a giant spider hops off of Kirito's collar, attacks the robot, and dies instantly. <laughs> Oh, okay, so he died, but he got better and then summoned a spider. No, he didn't even summon the spider. It hopped off of his collar and was just like, I'm going to protect you, Kirito, because I love you. And I was like, who the fuck's this spider? What? Oh. oh okay. And then he said Charlotte, and I was like, oh, fuck off. Um, Who's Charlotte? The spider. The spider Charlotte. Get it? Like Charlotte's web. Wow. Um, oh, like the web? Oh, my fucking oh. God. Yeah. I hate so it. So dumb. Um, but yeah, and then they just, like, I don't even know what happened next. It was just really stupid. Kirito kept talking about the concept of God, and then Horny John Dark was like, are you afraid of God? And Kirito was like, well, no. And she's like, then why should I be afraid of God? And Kirito's like, damn, when you put it like that. And I'm like, I hate you, Kirito. And then when we exited back to the VRV app, I looked at the thumbnails for all the episodes, and I remembered that Kirito has other friends, but he's just forgotten them. Yeah, I feel like you've been talking about this particular story for, like, three months now. Yeah. And then I was like, wait a minute, you haven't mentioned, like, any of the people that were in, like, previous no, Sword Art Online not even material. Asuna. Oh, my God. What are they doing? Are they just hanging out? Uh, like, so straight up, I told, like, so when this series started, Kirito got stabbed in the heart with death guns poison. Yeah, that's great. Um, and he went into a coma after he told Asuna he wanted to move to America with her. And now he's been in a coma, so they put him on a magical boat out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean called the Ocean Turtle. Where he is living inside of a video game, and there's no explanation for how this is helping him in his coma. I uh, keep forgetting that he's in a video game in the first place. Yeah, he's in a video game that he was beta testing before, but when he was beta testing it, they made him a little baby. Oh. <laughs> and that little baby version of Kirito is now, like, ingrained in all of the AI that are in the video game's memories, like his boyfriend oh. and stuff. They all see a little baby Kirito. It's weird. Uh, it's all fucking weird. I don't... I I'm honestly, sure. like... 
I'm yeah? sure you mentioned what happened to Kario's boyfriend at some point, but oh right, so he, so yeah, he got corrupted and became like because he fucked Dorney Jean oh, Arc. Yeah, he became like a super knight or whatever. And it was like, I'm going to kill you, Kirito. And Kirito said, remember the good times we had? And he went, mm. damn, you're right. And he stopped being horny. And stopped being relevant, I guess. He's just standing there in the fight, basically. Kirito just sort of, like, he just, like, goes, like, Yujio, do this thing. And Yujio will be like, okay. And he's just, like, attacks with a sword once. And then, like, Kirito will just start going, like, and, like, growling. And I'm like, oh, this is uncomfortable. And then he fires the beam out of his sword. No, okay. Yeah. I don't... It's weird. Weird show. I want to go back to the weird subplot arc where Asuna... This is only in, like, one episode. Asuna was walking around the ship, and then this robot walked up to her and said, like, a slur or something. And she was like, hey, what's up with this robot that says slurs? And this guy was like, don't worry about it. And I was like, what the fuck? Jesus. This sounds like shit, bro. (laughs) I honestly, like... Here's the thing is, like, I actually, like... We'll stand by this. I like the first half of Sword Art Online 2, like, unironically, because it was an interesting view at, like, PTSD and how people who have, like, issues with stuff like that are able to cope through video games and stuff like that in, like, a non-offensive way. Uh, like, the main character of that, Shinon, she had uh, was involved in, like, a shooting when she was a child. And she had, like, issues, like, dealing with that. So she started doing the gun game. But the gun game didn't actually, like, help her with her real-life problems with guns or anything. Uh, Yeah. It just sort of desensitized her. It was interesting. I liked that. And then this is just sort of, like, it really is what people were saying before it came out, which is, sort of online, dude wanted to make an isekai, but he couldn't, like, make it on his own, so he had to use an existing property, so... Let's throw Kirito into this magical world without any of his friends. Isn't this a new Sora Online of four core or something? Yes, it is. I don't know how. I'm scared to find I'm, out how. It, it seems really strange, like, where this could even go. Well, so, like, it really seemed like... So, that in episode, like, 17, they go to the library with the little Nero girl. And the little Nero girl goes like, you have to climb the 100 floor tower. And I was like, oh, okay, 100 floors, you know, that'll be like enough for like, you know, 10 episodes or something. Yeah. Next episode, they go up the elevator floor 100 and have been there this whole time. (laughs) 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 Which is like kind of funny because like the entirety of original Sword Art Online was them going 100 floors or whatever. So it's like kind of like, oh, yeah, they just took an elevator this time. Fucking idiots. Like... But also, it's like, oh, but you could have done something more interesting, kind of. Like, they set up this whole thing of, like, this is the tower with all of these cool knights who all have, like, special gimmicks and stuff. And then they just sort of rocket right to the top, which makes me wonder, what the hell is the second half? Because they're probably going to kill Horny John Dark this episode that's coming out on Saturday. Damn shame that'll be, too. Hmm. Hmm. She is pretty horny. She's really horny. Again, like, her the first time she was actually in the show proper, not being talked about, she literally was just like, uh, fuck me, main character boy. Uh, and I'm like, what the hell is happening? 
And then she just didn't put any clothes on. I was kind of hoping she would put clothes on. No. She doesn't care. I think oh, she was wow. asked why she won't put any clothes on, and she said, why would God wear clothes? And I was like, all right. Damn. That's fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Is it fair enough? Ugh. I mean. That is fair enough, yeah. Would God wear clothes? It sounds like something a dead or alive developer would say. <laughs> I mean, or maybe that's what God would say. <laughs> yeah, sure. God's really horny. God... God, if you're out there, uh, send uh, a question. Videogamechoochoo.tumblr.com slash ask and uh, tell us if you'd wear clothes or not. I mean, no one said God's horny, just said God wouldn't wear clothes. The horniness is a whole other metric. Yeah. Some people don't wear clothes to bed. I've been trying that recently. You know? Yeah. I don't know about it. I I do it all the time, and it's great. Yeah, it is? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, and I live in Florida, so I yeah, like I feel like you have like to, layer. or you die. Yeah, well, I mean, we have AC, but like, still, it's it, you still kind of need it. Reasonable enough, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trixie, hey, what is up with you? Oh, nothing, just you, Geo, season zero. So, I feel like I have to. I feel like I have to ask really quick. Mm-hmm. Did you start watching Yu-Gi-Oh! because I fell down this hole, or was this just, you know, did you just feel like watching Yu-Gi-Oh! It, it was because you fell down the hole, and I kept thinking about <laughs> it. I was like, well, I don't, I'll never have enough money for card games, so why not just watch the anime? And I, I started watching Season Zero, making the mistake of, oh, this is the first season, okay, I'll just watch this and get into the rest of it. And that is a mistake, because this show's f- fucking nuts. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like saying, do, do you feel like it's a full-on mistake, or are you just like, oh, this is really different, I don't know how I'm going to be able to cope with it's, the rest of the show not being like this? I'm, it's, I wouldn't say it's a mis- it was a mistake for me to watch uh, a season I didn't intend to watch, but uh, it's, I would call this a learning experience, yeah. Uh I'm only three episodes in, and uh, so far, there's not been any... Well, the card game just got introduced in episode three, but other than that, it's basically a show about uh, Yugi awakening a spirit inside of him that traumatizes and nearly kills anyone bad that he meets, which is (laughs) quite the concept to go with, honestly. I like when he throws that dude off the building. I feel like that happens, right? I've, I've watched this, like, it, forever ago. It happens in the first episode, but yeah. I'd be surprised if it keeps happening. Well, more specifically, in the first episode, there's this uh, bodyguard uh, in school who's really just an extor- who extorts people for money. Uh, so the sensible thing uh, for uh, Yami Yugi to do is to... Uh, go up to the top of this building where said uh, bully is and challenge him to a game of life or death over cards. Uh, Even, I believe, one quote that I really liked was, uh, you drew the Joker, that means this is the end of the line, or something. (laughs) And then dude just falls into the ocean, expecting he won't die, but uh, no, it's just a giant eldritch horror beast uh, ready to eat him. Oh, yeah. Classic Yu-Gi-Oh. 
Yeah, except it's all in his mind, so he's just uh, going to be mentally traumatized for the rest of his life. <laughs> oh, that fucking show. Man. I feel like it wouldn't be that weird if you didn't have the expectations of what other Yu-Gi-Oh is, right? Like, it would just be like, yeah, this is, like, weird, but this is just what it's going for, I guess. Probably, yeah. I, I did watch, like, the actual first season as a kid, and it was a lot tamer than whatever this is. Uh, it's... I guess the other amazing thing is that I've almost never heard anything about this, and when I have, no one mentioned, like, how violent it got, like... Yeah, no. I mean, not that many people watched it. Like, everyone watched season one as a kid, because it was on TV, but, you know, I, I feel like I feel like there's a good amount of people who don't even know it exists. Yeah. It's... Is it even canonical to the rest of the... No way. It can't I mean, be. Probably very lightly, in the sense that, like... Yugi already has the spirit in the puzzle by the time the show starts. Like they don't they don't waste any time to explain that. I remember like honestly, I feel like if I was a little bit older when I was a kid watching that, I would have been like, "What the fuck? Why does this guy just have this item?" Like cuz I remember, you know, they explain what Pokémon is in the first episode of Pokémon. They're like, "Yeah, the, you can catch them. You here's Pikachu, here's Ash and Pikachu meeting." But in the first episode of season one, they don't they don't explain that at all. They just like Yugi and Kaiba start dueling, and all of a sudden Yugi just goes Yugi oh, and he turns into like the bigger version of himself. And like I never questioned that as a kid, yeah. and I feel like I probably should have because there's no explanation whatsoever. Yeah, uh, they don't they explain stuff in uh, season zero, but it's still like explained really badly. Uh, I think there's like one scene because I think early on they ex- they explain like how Joey and Tristan became Yugi's friends. Yeah, because they used to be bullies, but then they became nice because Yugi helped them fight off a bigger bully and all that shit. And I think in that section they explained that like Yugi was making the Millennium Puzzle at that time, and yeah. they like got it back for him because they like threw it in the water or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, like. They they do contextualize it a little bit by showing this. Uh, the first scene of the show is these uh, archaeologists uh, exploring some generic pyramid, finding the Millennium Puzzle, uh, mm-hmm. and it's it. They say that it's cursed or that people die uh, after they finish it. So uh, mm-hmm. Yugi's a sleazy, or rather slightly sleazy grandfather who. That was another thing that I didn't remember from the first season was him just, like, occasionally hitting on Yugi's uh, girl. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's he, not great. He never did that in the in the season one. No way. Yeah, in the Japanese version, he absolutely does. Yeah, totally. Does he? Yeah, which shouldn't be that surprising if you think about it, considering, like... Yeah, like old man character in yeah. a kid's show. Yeah, that makes sense. I, yeah. I probably didn't uh, know about that because I was watching as a kid. So of course we're not gonna have that. I mean, I mean, back when I was younger, like I would exp- like I I figured that about like Master Roshi, but I wouldn't have known it was like a full on like trope in anime. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, another thing about the first season is that there's this uh, 
there is this original character, uh, OC Do Not Steal, uh, who's just <laughs> a part of the main group, and she's not in any other oh, of right, the yeah. properties. And it seems like her entire existence is basically just for uh, Tristan or uh, Honda to uh, hit on her and fantasize about, or just Gotta have, have that. It's she's only there because of Tristan, pretty much. Uh, I can't even remember her name, uh, but yeah. It's, it's a Tristan Tristan doesn't deserve to have any kind of relationship whatsoever. He's just a fucking dumbass. Probably, but so is but so is Joey, so Joey's at least kind of fun to laugh at. Like the only funny thing that happens to Tristan is when he gets turned into a robot monkey. <laughs> yeah. Was was it Tristan or Joey who had the sister? It was Joey, right? That was Joey. Right, right yeah. yeah. I was starting to remember. Uh because he, he was like, I gotta win the tournament so I can get the prize money for Serenity, you... Serenity. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because she had, like, bad eyes or whatever. Yeah. And he had to... And then Yugi was just like... Like, Yugi beats him. Like, he, he's he's like, I could let Joey win, but I'm not going to. So then he lets... So then he wins, and then he's just like, oh, don't worry, Joey. I'll give you the prize money anyway. <laughs> God. Yugi doesn't. Yugi doesn't need money. He just needs his like, grandfather's soul back. Yeah, because yeah, he just he could just make his grandpa pay for everything. Like if he needs food or anything, grandpa can pay for it. And he d- he doesn't need any money for entertainment because his grandfather owns the card store. He could just take whatever cards he wants. Yeah. So he's fucking set. He doesn't care. He doesn't need to work. He doesn't need money. Yeah, pretty much. God. Cutting criticism of Yugi going on here. Like Yeah, I'm just I'm this going fucking asshole. Yugimoto. I mean Who gives a shit? Yugi Moto, if you have a problem, you come on the show, Yugi. <laughs> Honestly, Defend Yugi. yourself. Debate me on Skype. <laughs> <laughs> Yugi's not even like I I can't remember what he's like in uh, season one anymore, but in this season he's way more of a like uh, I guess, uh, quiet, tiny, insecure, uh, nobody. A twerp. A twerp. Like, a twerp maximum. Turbo yeah. twerp. Uh, and, uh, voiced as well by the voice actress of Shinji Ikari, Makoto Nayaki, who also, uh, she also does Yamayugi's voice, and that's pretty good, uh, because... That does sound uh, good. Yeah, when when she just voices regular Yu-Gi-Oh, he sounds like a mouse, and it's cute but obnoxious. So, yeah, this I'm gonna finish this season, but it's okay. it's fucking it's something else. Yeah, and I hear that uh, uh, John, you told me that the manga was even more uh, violent and ridiculous. Yeah, I mean. Like, the manga continues on the style of Season Zero, even into, like, Duelist Kingdom and all that. I don't know how much they clean it up after the whole, like, Yugi story. Like, I don't know if GX is just, like, a straight adaptation of GX or whatever. But, like, all the duel monsters and, like... Just everything that has Yugi and Kaiba and Joey in them and it. It's, it's, a lo- it's, it's the same story beats, but... It's a lot more violent. Yeah, that makes sense. If they don't go to the Shadow Realm, they die. It's, it, yeah, that's pretty much the euphemism I picked up on in the 
anime, except they can't actually show anyone dying, so they just have them exactly. uh, mentally traumatized forever. What was uh, what was great was when they introduced the uh, the second villain uh, in the second mm-hmm. episode, and Yugi's, uh, or rather Yami's way of uh, uh, playing a shadow game against that dude was uh, to almost light him on fire. Uh, right, yeah. That that really got me. Uh, more than uh, nearly pushing a dude off to his death. Because uh, <laughs> that's one thing. Like, at least... That's not as viscerally violent as just lighting... A, almost lighting a dude on fire in front of witnesses. Like, God, this fucking show. No one's gonna stop him. Give a shit. Yeah. Does not give a shit. So, are you are you actually interested in playing the game, or do you just want to like watch the show? Oh, I I played the game a ton as a kid. I was extremely into it. Uh, I mean, are you interested now? I would be if I had money, but uh, I I I uh, I did play whatever that uh, Xbox uh, game was uh, when it came back on the three hundred and sixty. Uh, oh yeah, that was my jam uh, until I stopped owning the 360. Uh, well, there are some free options to play uh, Yu-Gi-Oh online. Um, some, some official and some not. Mm. So maybe after the show, I can tell you about some of it. Nice. All right. Um, let's see here. Uh, I guess I'll run through the uh, the episode updates. You know the standard shit that we that we usually talk about. Um, I mean, we say that I say this every single episode, but fuck, Mob is so good. Mob's really good. Oh my god, it's so incredible. You've only got two episodes left, so next time we talk will be the after the finale. I'm. I'm excited. I'm so excited. I don't want to spoil anything because I think people should just go and watch it. But my god, it just gets better and better. It really does. I mean, do you all agree? Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen episode 11, but uh, just from what I've seen up until then, it's absolutely insane. And I'm loving it. I mean, all I have to say is that the self-defense rush was, like, maybe anime moment of the year so far. <laughs> it's fucking incredible. JoJo? Uh, I'm still feeling the same way that I feel about JoJo, where I'm just like, whatever. We're getting back into the rhythm of Monster of the Week kind of stands. Yeah. At least at this juncture of Part 5, uh... The stance of the weeks are almost uh, done with. They still they still do them, but it's not nearly as big of a stretch as the first half of the show, uh, especially now that they've uh, introduced uh, King Crimson. It's it's definitely a step in the right direction, but you know, I mean, like there's there's stand of the week stuff in every JoJo part, but. I still feel like around this point we would have gotten to the Kira stuff and it would have been a lot more consistent in part four than, like, with part five. It was like, oh, here's two episodes of King Crimson and then, oh, back to the stand of the week stuff. It's like, mm. okay. All right. I mean, that's kind of what happened in fucking 
part four. Uh, I was going to say, I, I keep thinking about how good part four is, but like, that's what happens in part four. Like they do the two episodes where, Oh, killer queen comes out. He kills Suichi. Yeah. Shigechi. Shigechi. That's it. Uh, kills Shigechi. And then like immediately Jotaro just beats the shit out of him and he goes into hiding. And like, then it's just a bunch of random stands again, like highway star and stuff like that. Highway Star was so good. <laughs> I know, and then the alien who turns into shoes. It's great. Yeah, it's all fantastic. That's the difference, I feel like. It's just like, so, in part four, yeah. it's just fucking you know wild. Yeah. Yeah, that is the difference. Like, I, it's it's just still good, like, when the the other stands show up. And in this, like, I, I feel like a big difference is that part four, like, personalizes a lot of the side stands, too. Like, there's moments of them, like you get to know them a lot more, you know? Like, you get yeah. to know the guy from Highway Star. You get to know the alien dude. And then other characters from the past also get involved. Like, the alien dude had Rohan involved. But with Part 5, it's just like, oh, we're going somewhere else, and then this bad guy shows up. And it's not like we get to know the bad guy at all. Like, they're just a dude with a power. It's like, all right, whatever. How are they going to figure out how to defeat this guy? It's it's a little tiresome. Yeah, I feel like that's a... That's a downside to the globetrotting uh, JoJo parts. It's yeah. it's a lot harder to personalize all the characters who aren't the main attraction. Whereas in mm-hmm. part four and uh, part six, even because it's all uh, it's it's all within like a single uh, area, so to speak. A lot of the characters get their time to shine. Yeah, of course. Yeah, part yeah. part three is kind of. I don't know if you feel this. What do you like better, part three or part five, John? Part five. Oh, oh, you too, Trixie. Um, honestly, yeah. So yeah, part five. Part five. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I like it better. I'd have to. I'd have to say at the end. I. I mean. Yeah. I'm, sure. I'm very much. I'm very much in the middle right now. Um, well, between both of them, like I could take or leave either one. My problem with part three is that I think like the Dio fight of part three is fantastic. Love it. It's so mm-hmm. good. And then, like, everything before that with, like, Vanilla Ice and, like, Kenny G and all that bullshit, like, basically everything from when they get to Egypt except for the Darby fight. Was the Darby fight? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. both Darby fights. Yeah, both Darby fights. Besides those, like, it sucks, to be honest. Like, that opening when they're in the ocean and stuff, like, fuck that. I was like, ugh. And it's just, like... I mean, wasn't... Was Oingo and Boingo when they were in Egypt? The, yeah, they also uh, showed up. Cause that was good. They was showed that, up in Egypt. Was that in well. Egypt? Cause, Thought so. Because uh, there was the initial uh, interaction with them when they were traveling to Egypt, but uh, when they get to Egypt, so, they work with Whole, whole Horse. Horse. It was yeah. Whole Horse. Okay, yeah, it was Whole Horse and Boingo. Yeah, that was sure. Good. But Whole Horse is just good. Yeah, Whole Horse is just always yeah. funny. But it's like... <laughs> Even, like, moments that I like, like, the fucking Avdol saying hell to you is it's, like, at a certain point, it's, like, oh, yeah, Avdol dies, like, three times. This is epic. And stuff <laughs> like that. And it's just, like, Ugh. And I have the same sort of feeling about Part 5. But I like Part 5 more. And it's not just because they're all twinks. I promise. Not to be mean, but maybe you're a little biased. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like Araki got better at, uh, characterizing and making yeah. interesting stuff with the globe trotting yeah, stuff for sure i definitely feel like i enjoy like i enjoy more of the gang stars than the part three guys like 
I would like I would want to hang out with more of those dudes. Like like you know I like Bruno a lot. I like Mista a lot. I like um fucking I'm blanking on Narancia. I like Narancia, but like I feel like out of the part three characters, it's like I like I like Joseph and like Avdol a little bit and uh, Polnareff were kinda. I don't feel I don't feel as strongly about the part three characters as I do with some of the part five characters, but I still would would like to see them in better situations, in more interesting situations. Yeah, it's fine. I'm not too beat up over it. Um, let's see here. Uh, I watched a little bit of uh, Kaguya-sama. Hell yeah! Finally, I win. Yeah, yeah. It was very funny. It was very very funny. Um, I don't have, like, crazy amounts of opinions about it, but I had a good time watching it. It was funny. It was cute. Um, that's another book that they should put up on the Viz manga, uh, reader, because that's a Viz manga, and it's not on the, uh, the the app Uh at all, and I think they should put it up there. Um, here's one that's fucked up. Um, so Slime ended. Uh, Yeah. I haven't seen the last episode. But, um, the last episode is, like, a side story, so I can still kind of judge the show based on the merits of how it ended here. Um, what the fuck? (laughs) Um, they pull some really weird shit at the last second that was kind of gross, and I didn't like it. Um, so, I guess if you care, spoilers, I guess, you know, here, um... So Rimuru is all about trying to heal these kids that the that girl, I don't remember her fucking name, I don't care. Um Shizu. Shizu, that's right. Uh she was like the the mentor to these kids cuz they were like the failed summons where they had too much power inside of them and they'll die because of it eventually. But Rimuru like hears about some kind of spirit place where because I guess Shizu was able to control her power because they put a, a spirit inside of her. And he, he's just like, oh, if I can find spirits and put them inside of the kids, then they'll be fine. And he goes down to this dungeon, and there's this random fairy there, and he, like, fights the fairy's golem. And then there's, like, a whole episode of Rimuru and the fairy talking about bullshit. Um, and then Rimuru brings them to where the spirits are. And like, each of the kids gets a spirit. Except for this one little girl who's, like, there's a moment where she's just, like, she's, just like, <sighs> at first I was just, like, aw, because, like, there was a moment where she was just, like, Mr. Rimuru, I love you. And, like, at first I was just, like, aw, it's just, like, a little kid being cute with a teacher. Aw. And then all of a sudden Rimuru goes, damn, I wish you were ten years older and said that. And I just, like, looked at the camera and the Curb Your Enthusiasm music started playing. Yeah, and I was just, like, don't say that. You don't say that. You don't have to think that. You don't say that or think that. You don't have to say that or think that. Ever. Yeah. But then, but then, they take it a step further. And it's, like, the most baffling way they could have done it. Where, instead of summoning, like, an elemental spirit like everyone else does, like, a ghost vert, like, and they don't say it outright, but it is incredibly obvious that it is, like, a ghost powered version of the girl like like a like a spirit version of her appears kisses rimuru and then goes inside of the girl 
Oh. So, like, she's, she, like, astral projected herself to the past <laughs> to kiss Rimuru okay. and then possessed her, and then possessed herself. Okay. See, I, you know, like, that part is the fucked up part to me. I, the first part was just sort of like, eh, when he says, like, the, oh, I wish you're ten years older, because at least, like, the way he words it specifically to me was like, oh, because he's a fucking loser. He was a fucking loser, like, or whatever in his eyes like uh, maybe i'm just maybe i'm being a little sensitive about that where i'm just like i don't want to hear that but the second part definitely makes the second part part definitely makes the first part worse yeah exactly that's what i was going to say exactly it's like it's just like what the hell it just feels like really bad written foreshadowing like they were trying to do like dramatic irony but it just feels like what are you doing what is this yeah it's like some kind of weird thing where it's like oh don't worry here she is way older and it's like that's still fucking weird because now she's possessing her child self. Like normal. Like I mean, I haven't I haven't read the fucking manga, but you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm not gonna bet any real money on this, but I'm gonna guess this. And if I'm right, y'all can be. We'll see how it goes. I bet there's gonna be some kind of weird like fucking Mia Fey thing where she powers up and she turns into her adult form and she starts hitting on Rimuru and Rimuru is like oh man I could totally fuck her but she's still technically like six years old this is really weird I'm gonna bet I don't bet bet that happens I'm I'm gonna bet it hmm I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happened at least I know some things that happen and I'm like hmm is that a good hmm or a That's bad? a good hmm. It's just because Rimuru turns into like a Final Fantasy villain style archetype. So should I should I be less worried then? Yeah, probably. Okay. Well, we'll well we'll see because season two already got announced. Yeah, so, which I'm hey. not that surprised, but I'm kind of surprised honestly because recently what you've seen with a lot of shows that have been popular like this, like hell, you look at like Attack on Titan, fucking. Uh, one punch man it takes years for it but it's apparently just right around the corner i mean yeah i guess i guess it's been selling well maybe i mean maybe the mangas the manga and the light novels over in japan have been selling really well but that's what i mean is like even when they've been selling well they take forever which is why i'm so surprised like like i said like one punch man is just coming out soon like now and that was years ago at this point Maybe they just, they made the deal already, you know? They made that deal a long time ago. Yeah. I don't know. But that's fine. Yeah, we'll see. Um, It was, yeah, it was weird. It was weird. Um, And so now we go up to our uh, bi-weekly Pokemon update. (sighs) So Pokemon is fucking weird, uh, as usual, these past two weeks. Um... First first episode I'll talk about is the continuation of the Meltan story. Um, it was basically what I expected. Ash does catch the Meltan. But there's a little more to it in that the episode is basically about Meltan loses its nut. <laughs> and <laughs> Rowlet has to help, fi- help Meltan find it. And there's some pretty good sight gags of, like, Rowlet trying to find, like, nut-shaped items <laughs> to replace it. Again, very, very humorous. Yeah, sorry. Um, b- 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 both both in the fact that it is... That, that the sight gags are good, and also because we're talking about nut. Um, <laughs> you're okay. 
but then um I, I think I think like Rowlet smells Team Rocket's uh donut truck because that's uh-huh. how they're making their money is they're selling donuts. Um Rowlet smells the donut truck and the donuts are kind of shaped like hex nuts. So Rowlet like replaces the uh, Meltan's head for a moment with the donut. But then Team Rocket realizes that it's the Meltan and they all flip out for a second and then the nut the actual original nut pops out of the truck because they were like using it as a part for their truck and then lands back on the Meltan's head. Team Rock is pissed as fuck. And there's one moment where James sounds like a Go Animate video because he's so pissed and he like turns into a demon because Meltan ate all of his bottle caps. Like he seriously just he just goes like, no, no, you listen to me. You will be grounded for five, six, eight, seven years. Like he he just sounds like a fucking Go Animate Jesus. video and it whipped so much ass. I I almost threw up from laughing because it was so fucking funny. Like it just all of a sudden he's he's just like you will be sent to 20th century fucking stadium. I was just like oh my fucking god. <laughs> um but yeah, it's just, you know, whatever. It was it wasn't really anything too crazy other than that scene was <laughs> that that is funny to me and me alone. Um but then the latest episode that I watched was just fucking bizarre. It was like, it was almost like some kind of, like, commentary on child actors in a weird way, and how they're not allowed to grow up, because, um, Sophocles is on a quiz show, and he loses, and they're about to leave, but Rotom gets pulled aside by a producer, because there was that episode where Rotom was on his TV, his favorite TV show. He was, he was like, the sidekick to the detective. Um, and so the producer's just like, yeah, why don't we go, we can go watch a, watch a shooting over here, watch, watch a shoot, um, for a show. And, um, it's a show about, a, it's a drama about a Magikarp named, uh, its name is, like, Koichan. It's just like this cute little Magikarp that has a has a soft voice that everyone loves, but as they're trying to shoot the show, the Magikarp just starts like coughing and it has like a really deep voice all of a sudden, and they're like, "What's going on? What's going on?" And then it starts glowing, and it's like, "Oh shit!" It's starting to evolve, and it's turning into a Gyarados, and so the Gyarados starts flipping out because it's not a cute little Magikarp anymore, and it's like, "I can't act. I can't do this anymore." And so at the same time, there's another show that, that like, seems to be getting canceled, but they're like, oh, we can't shoot because the actresses from this show got uh, stuck in a blizzard, so they can't come back. And they, like, name-dropped Shino, which was like, oh, man, they said Sino. Everyone loves Sino. Um, but so then they're like, wait a minute, we can replace these actresses with uh, Lily and uh, the other two girls. And they're like, okay, you three can be our magical girls. And so they just do this fucking, like, full-on pre-cure parody. Like, every single little detail about it is, like, a pre-cure reference. Um, They're, like, drink-based pre-cures. They they drink magic drinks and turn into them. Nice. So they have, so they're, like, it's, like, tea, soda, and juice. It's legit pretty cute. Like, it's kind of silly, but it's cute. So what they do is they shoot this, uh, like, Magical Girl show, but they cast the Gyarados as the, like, monster of the week. (laughs) 
So the Gyarados just gets a new career as like um, the monster on all the shows that they're shooting. And it's like, it's cute, but it's just really funny because it's just this like little magic carp that everyone loves that now is like this fucked up Gyarados. But hey, it's still show business, baby. So I don't know. I just thought it was really cute seeing a Gyarados like this Pokemon that is normally seen as this like incredibly scary like monster in this like cute way like it's still it's still like roaring and like blowing huge gusts of air at people if it gets up close to them like if it snorts at them they still like fall over but it's still like oh this like this Gyarados still has like a good personality and like it still like likes people and I don't think they've ever done that before and that was that was cute like it wasn't just a Gyarados in a battle you know yeah. like you, you usually just see someone just throw a Gyarados out and it's like oh fuck it's a Gyarados yeah but this is just like oh yeah no we're friends with this Gyarados this is a cute Gyarados this is a nice Gyarados that was cute I don't know I liked it I'm kind of surprised that no no other magical girl show has uh, had the concept of just slamming down a drink and turning into a magical girl it was very funny. I, that was another part where I laughed really hard because I think they say like when they're doing their transformation, they say like it's time to gulp. Or something yes, like that. perfect. <laughs> Just but, um, fucking yelling, "Time to gulp!" and slamming down the giant monster. It's time to fucking gulp. Uh, but the next episode is going to be about Meowth falling in love with Faramosa, which good for him. He's got good taste. And uh, the next episode, I think, is going to be the Guzma episode. So we're getting into some good shit, I guess. I made a real face Uh-oh. when you said good on him. He's got good taste. I just like, damn, this sexy bug. Get it. You know. Rose, you want to talk about anything else? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Um, sure. Don't hate. Yeah, so other than Little Witch, me and Robin have been watching Dorarara, the rest of it. That's not Hell the first yeah. season, the, the X2. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've watched like 15 episodes of it or something. It's fantastic. Reminded me why I love Dorarara, honestly. It's just so good. Like, I talk about how, like, Index has, like, 20 million characters, right? And how that's a problem. Yeah. Dorara has, like, 20 characters, but they all feel so good all the time. Like, it's, like, they spend a lot of time building all of them up and, like, having them do interesting, like, homey things to, like, really make you like them and remember them. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, the fucking... The... Um, the man who's dating who with with the girl um whose names i can never remember but uh those two like hadn't appeared in drara for like 30 episodes or something and then they just showed up and i was like oh yeah it's those guys i remember what they're like like years later i remembered it and then index i don't remember anything and it's like damn drara is good uh Celty is still such a great character uh I personally don't enjoy the bastard Shinra. He is too horny. He's he's always bad. He's so horny. But I love all the new characters they introduced too are just like really good. Like Verona and Verona, stuff. Like Verona's so fucking good. And then um I love Hollywood. Uh a couple of other characters, like the little girl Yakuza daughter. Uh she's so cute. And then um the Yakuza man. 
uh, with Henri and stuff like that. It's just like a lot of really Akabayashi. Yeah, it's great. Like they're all like really fun. It's funny to see like they introduce characters almost like Yakuza to kind of does like <laughs> where it'll be like this man like it's like this is Akabayashi. He fucking hates drugs. And then it'll be like playing like some wacky music or something. It'll be like he, he wanted to kill drugs ever since that fateful day and stuff like that. It just, it's oh, really, really good. Oh, it's so good. John, have you ever seen Dorara? Not yet. I really recommend it. I know I keep recommending things to you, but Dorara is fantastic. Sure. Like, right. uh, the guy who wrote. Uh, also wrote Bacchano, which is also mm. amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm only halfway through that right now, but uh, it's pretty good. He also wrote a fate thing. What is that? Strange fake? Is that yeah. the one that? Yeah, I've always meant to read that. I know that's where Enkidu's from, right? Yeah. Uh, apparently, he was mad at a Delay Works uh, interpretation of uh, Enkidu in Grand huh. Order, which is why nothing goes from Strange Fakes in the game. Yeah. Uh, th- I know that I I hmm I don't know how do I word this I I would say you know that characters are really good when I'm like yes this straight relationship is fantastic I love this a lot uh, which is like Shizuo with like other characters and uh, a couple of the other people in it like even like Celty and Shinra I'm fine with because they like take care of each other you know like. I don't know. It's it's I, almost wholesome. Yeah, it's wholesome. That's exactly it. It's like the only other thing I can think of is um how I love full metal alchemists relationships where they feel very natural and like you know, it doesn't feel like it's being played up for any like sort of like drama or ultimate thing. Like there are other parts of a relationship to worry about there in that show like yeah. with the main boy and stuff. It's it's really good. It's, it's really good. I think that shows a great example of if you want to learn how to do good character writing, uh, you do it all right there, because you can have a character only say, like, a few things, and everyone will be dying to see them in that show. It's great. And I can do my ma- manga update. Uh, Ooh! Ma- Magus Bride, uh, they actually did a PV for the manga recently, which was pretty, pretty nice to see, because they had, like, the voice actors come back, and the, uh, the singer of the first opening of the show do like just like a really nice little animated thing for the college arc that's been going on i Mm -hmm. uh, i've i'm actually really enjoying it like i keep saying uh but they finally gotten back to actual college because for the first last like four chapters they just left college uh which is like this is the college arc and like they just they introduced like they basically introduced a ton of characters like when she got to college talked with a few of them and then left for like four whole chapters and the chapters are not short uh yeah no they're not yeah so like you kind of forget who those characters are and then all of a sudden it's back and she says of course acting like she just knows these people because she knows those people but i'm like i don't really know these people yet so it's weird uh but they they are focusing more on the whole like bride thing again for the first time in a while, which is nice. Uh, where it's like, because the whole thing with Magus Bride has been like that. Elias says to her at the beginning of the series, like, "Oh, I want to make you my bride," or whatever. And then you pretty quickly find out he doesn't know what that means. Like, he doesn't know what a 
Pride is or whatever, and they've just sort of ignored that for a while. Um, but now they're back to it, and like Chise met like his mom and stuff, and that was cool. Damn, they're really going steady then, huh? Yeah, like she <laughs> met she met the mom, and the mom was just like, "I'm so sorry that he turned out this way. He's so stupid. I'm so sorry." <laughs> and she's just like, "It's fine. He takes good care of me." And she's like, "Okay, but here's the thing." I'm the one who accidentally told him what a bride was, and it was the wrong thing to tell him, because he completely misunderstood it. And she's just like, oh, I thought he loved me. Boo-hoo. And she's like, no! And he's just like, the really funny thing, I think, is like, he's going around and he's like asking people for advice on how to like, be be like, better to her and stuff like that, and they're all like, why are you asking me this? And he's like, I'm going to be in the doghouse for the rest of my life if I fuck up even one more time or something like that. Like, it's, it's pretty good. I really love their dynamic of just, like, for the good first part of the series, it's just sort of, like, Elias being this weird, mysterious thing for her to figure out and, like, him trying to figure out how to do emotions. And now it's, like, they know each other so well and it's just, like, he's, like, I messed up so much and she thinks that I'm like this weird monster dude and if I fuck up even one more time I am out the door. Mm. <laughs> it's pretty fun. And he's just going around and like asking people and they're all laughing at him and being like you're a fucking idiot and he's like oh. It's, That's so pure. I love it. It's it's pretty good. And they also inter- keep they keep introducing like these more monster designs and they're really great like they just introduced a bunch of dogs that like don't have heads and they just have like weird like tentacle things coming out with eyes on them and it's like whoa this is fucked up and like creepy and it's like yeah so this is how mages get around really fast or whatever is like just doors places but you have to make a promise with these like fucking wolves or whatever that you will never do anything or and if you try to do anything they will kill you and they can go wherever they want. And it's like, whoa. It's cool. They just keep introducing stuff like that. And that's what I love about that series. Nice. It's very rich world. Um, yeah. I hope that they get a season two. Because I thought that PV was for season two originally. I was like, oh, sick. But I feel like it's inevitable because apparently the original anime did so well. Like really, really well. Yeah. Um, that I'm, I'm hopeful. Hopefully, because it's, it's really my favorite series of recent memory. I think it's really great to have a series that examines, like one person's recovery, basically from like really bad shit that happened to them. It's good. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, is there anything else? I have that, uh, a, oh, I have okay. a quick manga update since that manga update reminded me. Sure. Uh, I I just blasted through a the uh what's been out for a Kobayashi, uh, including the spinoffs. Uh, it's it's there's not much. Uh, the the main manga takes a really hard like genre shift at the, after a certain point into this like fantasy uh almost shonen kind of thing really yeah it's apparently cool kyo does that in a lot of his works but uh in in this one they just like started leaning really hard into the fantasy uh elements of of that series uh 
and introduce like these other characters and side plots. It doesn't go on for too long, but it's just it's so jarring that uh I I imagine it'll uh happen in season two. Uh or at least be hinted at. I I can't imagine they wouldn't. Uh mm-hmm. there's also the only spin offs that uh, the only spinoff that I really liked was the uh, Elma one, where she's an office lady. Uh, that one's really good. Uh, maybe the uh, quote-unquote purest of all the Kobayashi stuff. Uh, Elma's just a fantastic character. Really good. She's very cute. Very, very cute. Uh she, she loves to eat. She lo- she loves to eat. Uh, can't state that enough. Uh, Get yourself growth and appetite, folks. Yeah. Uh, she's found out how terrible capitalism is. Uh, yeah. Uh, they they really tr- they really emphasize uh, how shitty work and uh, uh, job life and capitalism is sometimes in that spinoff, which is an interesting. Mm-hmm tactic to base some of your punchlines around. How, how about the Kano one, though? You read the Kano one? Is that one uh, as bad as people would think it is? Uh, I haven't read much of it, uh, but it's it doesn't seem bad so far. Uh, okay. It's, I hope it'll stay uh, good and innocent like, like it has so far, uh, because it's... I, I think it's just a slice of life about it's going to stay a slice of life about uh, Kana and her uh, uh, girlfriend, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that one that one has a lot of volumes out, uh, which I didn't realize. Of uh, I think there are going to be six volumes in soon. Wow! Yeah, uh, Let's keep it going, I guess. Yeah, uh, all right. That one's good, though. Yeah. Okay. All right, are you ready to move on to questions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. We didn't really get any opinions, but that's fine. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll just do. We'll just run through all of this. Uh, if you have any questions or anime opinions, remember we like to hear what you're thinking. Uh, send it to videogamechoochoo.tumblr.com/ask. We'll gladly read them on the show. First off is from Kawaiinobu, who asks. Recently, I took a risk on watching a show that I never heard anybody talk about one way or another. The premise of Stella C3 sounded all right to make for half good, good half-paying-attention material. But the show in practice was mostly just boring and tried a lot of shit that was unearned and amounted to nothing anyway. Can any of you think of a time you've had a similar experience or any times where you've instead enjoyed a show that you think went under the radar? I I wouldn't say it really went under the radar, but I remember having a pretty grim opinion of ReZero going into it, and then I actually uh-huh. really liked ReZero, as I think I've said before. Like, I, it really, I really did enjoy it. I I thought that it was a lot better than I expected it to be, by far. Hmm. But that didn't go under the radar at all. <laughs> it was fucking everywhere, yeah. so... <laughs> sure. Um... I mean, there's some stuff where I, I don't know if I had, like, a bad opinion of it, but more just, like, something that I didn't hear anybody talking about. Like, 
you know, I, I feel like I've I've brought it up a couple of times, but like uh, that Master of Killing Time show, um, that's just that's just a cute show that is very funny. Uh, Tanari no Seki-kun. Uh, I, I would definitely recommend it to folks if they want to check it out. But you know, it's just it's a pretty standard show that like nobody talked about at all, and I think it's worth a look if you just like cute airy comedy that's just like oh hey these these two these two high schoolers are just causing mischief for each other it's you know it's fluff but it's good fluff yeah hmm i guess as far as the first question goes the one that uh comes to mind is uh inferno cop which uh yeah, I, you know what? I I went into that. Uh, I didn't hear a lot of people talking about it, so I went into it thinking it would be my kind of humor, and I just totally uh, did not like it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, like I definitely saw a lot of people talking about it, but it was it was also not really my kind kind of humor, which is kind of surprising. I felt like it would be, but. It mostly bounced off of me. I don't know. It, I I wasn't really that big of a fan. It's like it's. It's like crass, like uh, tr- like trigger uh, comedy shows tend to be. Uh, uh, I thought I would like it because I love panty and stalking, but I just couldn't fuck with it. It was, I, it it felt like uh, South Park, tr- the trigger version. <laughs> Looks away. I mean, a lot of those, a lot of trigger folks reference south park all they the time they sure so. do yeah. yeah uh i look i i still i still laugh pretty hard at the fucking weird ass uh south park reference in fully cooly just because it's just incredibly stupid what about your yeah nice <laughs> that one's also pretty funny because of how fucking stupid <laughs> it is yeah oh my god it's so stupid. i can't believe i forgot about that until now yet because he's fucking cartman i i i tried to block the uh my mind i guess <laughs> god all right um harlequin wheels asked two questions first one uh what's your favorite visual gag in a manga slash anime also what's your favorite audio gag in a show um i feel like i kind of explained my favorite visual gag in a manga like that that shot with the crow and dr slump is like high comedy like that is one of the funniest things i've ever seen in a manga it's so genius um but do either of you have one hmm. the the first thing that always comes to mind as far as uh visual gags is and the only thing that ever comes to mind is uh Cho, but that seems too obvious of the face answer. that they make God. that one face yeah i'm to be fair there's a lot of that one face moments and Nietzsche Joe. Uh, it's it's all really good. Like, yeah. I mean, my my answer for an audio gag is for some reason the first one that came up was also from Nietzsche Joe. Was just the one girl who just whenever she reacts to something is just always going, eh. God, just in an ever like louder and higher pitch. Like <laughs> as things get weirder and weirder, she's it's like so it's good. so good. <laughs> I like when Myri and Gate says "tuturu." That's all I can think of. Tuturu. 
I mean, I'm just I'm just also thinking about friggin' you know, like any time that Mamaru Miyano starts yelling at somebody, yeah. his voice becomes his voice. That's 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 one. You know, it's also from Steins Gate. In Steins Gate Zero, um, the Professor Man, whose name is escaping me at the moment, the uh, one with the really awful Japanese accent. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's yeah. like. You always see, like, you know, bad English speakers or whatever in Japanese or whatever, just because of the nature of, you know, getting voice actors and stuff. But, like, they went out of their way to have this man who is supposed to be, like, Western at any degree. I think he's German or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. They have go out of their way to have him speak bad Japanese. Like, it's <laughs> fantastic. Where he's like, Lin Talo for Rintaro and stuff like that. It's, yeah. like, fantastic. Like. <laughs> and- the funniest part of that is that he's uh, mostly and really serious uh, uh, yeah. character in that show, and his awful uh, accent makes everything he's in even better. <laughs> like it's that's pretty good. Like I would say it's a uh, introductory uh, Japanese accent shit. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, and then Wheels also asks, what is the tastiest looking anime food? Um, mm. Anything that Goku eats? <laughs> anything yeah. they put in fucking fake cooking anime, which I've been watching oh, recently yes. again. It's so good. Like, I just, every time when they play the music, and it's like, dun, 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 and I'm like, ah! The really epic sounding music for yeah, like, anyone Yeah, give me the me. fucking shrimp on rice, dude. Give it to me. <laughs> Emiya just fucking, now I will wash the rice. And it's just like, like all this, like, beautiful, yeah. the fucking rice. Like, oh my god. Remember to... To cut out the shrimp spine or whatever. It's like... <sighs> Remember, and it's just like this like swooping camera yeah. shot. Two cups of water. Pull out <laughs> pull out that kelp that you've been cooling in the fridge for a while. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> like oh, it's... Grab some craft singles out of the fridge. <laughs> oh, it's so great. What a great show. It's oh. very good. Um, Trixie, do you have one? Oh, that was gonna be my answer. Oh, no, oh, I'm enough. sorry. Fair enough. No, that's fine. That, I mean, it's it's the truth. Yeah. I'm surprised no, nobody here said any Ghibli stuff, but that's fine. That's you know true. What? Honest, honestly, I mean, like, Ghibli food is like, it's it's like an alien kind of food where it looks like real food, but not as much. It's so a it's trap, like, right? Every time. It looks, deli- it looks delicious, but it's not real, but... Fake cooking, all that food looks real. Yeah. I guess I guess my alternate serious answer would be uh, the weird fantastical food on Kobayashi. Uh, mm. And I know that they always pull it out as a joke, but sometimes I'm just like, damn, you know, that looks kind of delicious, actually. Would you eat Toru's tail? No. Alright. Don't think I would. Uh, don't think dragon tails would taste that good. Well, would you eat Elma's tail? <laughs> mm. Are you trying to like fra- this? This is like a personality <laughs> test, for like astrology or something. Like, I don't know. Would I mean, you eat so, this some, tail? So, what about this tail? Would you eat this? One? I mean, you know, 
I don't know. Just saying. Just asking. Just putting it out there. Um, all right. Mighty Mighty Boston asks, This is a bit of a weirdly specific thing, but I'm wondering if any of y'all do it. I'm currently rereading One Piece from the beginning and listening to different tracks from the One Piece anime OST that fit with the part of the story I'm reading. Battle music during fights, emotional tracks during the numerous heartbreaking scenes, etc. Have any of you guys done something similar with a manga before? I have not, but that is a really good idea. Uh, when I was rereading the Girls Last Tour manga, I had the soundtrack on and would play uh, certain songs depending on the context. Like the, uh, especially the rain song during that one part. Mm. Uh, felt fitting. Absolutely. I, uh, I really started doing it with, um, what's it called? Uh, Magus Bride, uh, once I finished because like the, the anime f- went ahead of the manga, especially as well. And it's just like, Magus Bride is really good about having very specific music for very specific types of scenes. So it's just like, mm. oh, that's good. Yeah, no, y'all, y'all are selling me on this a whole lot. It's I great. Mean- it's, I don't I don't know what I would use it for per se, but it'd be kind, it's not a bad idea. It's kind of like difficult to synchronize because you have to know the specific song you're looking for in the first place. Yeah, fair enough. But it's it's a cute thing to do. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I would not say it's a weird thing at all. I think that's a really good way to emphasize and uh, enjoy the manga in a different way. That is cool. That's a good idea. All right, uh, last two questions. Uh, they were both asked by the same person, so I'll just kind of wrap it up here. Uh, if you want to send in questions, it is videogamechoochoo.tumblr.com slash ask. Uh, we promise we won't get it mixed up with our video game stuff. We're smart. We know. It's fine. Uh, Horror Errors sent in two two questions here. Uh, first one. Well, it's kind of three, but let's just continue. Uh, are there any anime that you really liked the first half or intro of, and then absolutely did not like the rest? For instance, I fell in love with Reincarnated as a Slime, to the point where I pre-ordered a Nendo of Rimuru, but then the second half rolled around, and watching it brought me little joy, and I'm probably cancelling that pre-order. Hmm. I mean, honestly, I would probably agree with you a bit about Slime, even, you know? Like, I, I would kind of agree with you there. For me, it's... They got me back, of course, obviously. But with Bakemonogatari, I love Bakemonogatari. And then Nisei Monogatari is some of the worst shit that I have ever seen in my life. Mm. Straight up. Like, yeah, it took... Like, I always say this, but with all of the other Monogatari series, I pretty much blew through it in, this, like, a few days, basically. Because I, I was just like so into it. I was like, oh, I love this. This is great. Nisei Monogatari took me three years to finish. <laughs> so, like, it's like, man, that suck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Trixie, how about you? Uh, I already said a little bit of Damia before. Uh, but mm-hmm. Asobe Yasubase was a show uh, from last year that I started out really liking. I thought it was... Uh, really good with its surreal comedy and then uh it just got less and less funny as it went on uh mm-hmm. which sucked uh they also had some uh transphobic gags which kind of ruined that a bit as well mm-hmm. 
uh, I guess also, uh, in a different way, the Danganronpa 3 anime, which is, it, it wasn't great to begin with, but it, it was interesting, and, uh, it made me want to watch, uh, every week, and then, mm-hmm. and then it just got dumb, uh, real mm-hmm. dumb, and, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I got two. Uh, the first one is uh, Parasite. Absolutely Parasite. I remember being super into that show when it first came out. Because I thought it was a little different. Like, it starts off with... Like, the main dude is not a standard shonen character. He has... He's he's way more dorky. And he's flying by the seat of his pants. Like, the, the Parasite is, like, dragging him along. And he's... No, he has a sense of justice, and he's trying his best, but he's also, like, some out-of-shape nerd, and that was way more interesting than him being tough and getting through the fights by actually fighting. But then, like, six or seven episodes in, he almost dies, and the Paris is just like, I will give him some of my energy, but this will make him different. And he just turns into a really stoic badass after that, and I was, like, legitimately pissed. I was like, this fucking sucks. This is... This is awful now. This is so lame. I was very, very yeah, disappointed with like that. Sounds like a downgrade at that point. I, yeah, I, I dropped it on the spot. I was so pissed. Um, and then the other one is uh, interviews with Monster Girls. Um, I've, I've told this story before, but I just remember being besides myself angry about this one and, like, embarrassed. Because I remember I watched like the first episode and i loved the first episode so much that i started talking about it on the regular chooch podcast and then the second episode fucking pulled the rug out from under me and made me look like a fucking jackass yeah and i was so upset because that first episode was because the plot of the show is that it's about a like a like a teacher who is trying to understand the girls at the school that he works at better because there's like a good large population of girls that are monster girls and they're kind of like a protected marginalized class in a sense where it's like they're not necessarily like you know i don't think too many people are like bullying them per se but there's still like a kind of a bit of a stigma and they get like some sort of government stipend for being a monster girl and it's kind of just seen as like a weird like lesser being kind of thing and it was interesting because the first episode was about like like microaggressions in the sense that like these one of the girls was having trouble fitting in and you know was being ignored by a lot of people and then all of a sudden some of the girls started some other of the human girls started like feel bad for her and they were like oh hey uh you can hang out with us i guess and she was just like you know like i understand what you're trying to do but you need to like me for me you can't just come up to me and pity me. That's not friendship. You're not going to like... If you're not going to like me, don't bother. And it was like, wow, that's that's a really powerful stance. That's a really interesting thing. And then the next episode is about that same girl, like, having a big crush on the teacher. Hmm. And then I was like, okay, maybe this isn't that bad. And then they go on a date. Ah. Uh. Yeah. I had egg on my face. 
Yeah. I felt like a fucking idiot. I think that's the worst when anime just seems amazing or at least good on the first episode then completely uh dog shit immediately after yeah it was just it was legitimately embarrassing and like i like i just remember i remember after watching that episode i just like had my head in my hands and i was just like i advocated for this show like two days ago uh it was so bad like i had to go on twitter and i was just like i do not condone what i said on the podcast a couple of days ago because no don't watch it it's bad um but yeah here um here's uh two more questions from horror errors to wrap this up um are there any anime that you actually prefer watching in english i'm only just now getting around to dragon ball super because for once the original voices feel like they don't fit the characters the dub voices have always been more fitting second are there any anime or anime adjacent series you'd like to see get a film adaptation I just recently watched the first two Heaven's Feel movies, and they were both incredible, the second especially. It made me appreciate anime movies more. So first off, uh, are there any shows that you prefer in English? Uh, Trixie, are there any? Uh, Bakano and Durarara are my go-to examples for that. I cannot watch mm. them with their original wow. voices anymore. Uh, sure. Yeah. It's just, mm. yeah. Rose? I mean, absolutely Dragon Ball. I have to say, just straightforward. Goku's voice in Japanese, like, makes sense for Kid Goku. Makes watching adult Goku unbearable, if I'm being yeah, real. Yeah, the weird like, grandma screechy voice. It's yeah, up. it's like a grandma. It sounds like a grandma. It sounds like an anime grandma, and that does, doesn't make any sense for <laughs> Goku, especially with, like, how fucking good the English voice is. It's so funny. It works really well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, you know, it's, I'm going to say the classic Cowboy Bebop, Cowboy Bebop and Evangelion are the two that I always go by, uh, cause it's just, it's fucking, Evangelion's really funny, I guess, like, oh sweet Jesus and anti-AT field and stuff like that. (laughs) Like, it's really funny, but like, Mm -hmm. Cowboy Bebop's is just phenomenal. It's so fucking good. Uh, Mm -hmm. um, I agree with all of you, but I'll just throw my my one in the ring. Um, also, probably the, one of the best uh, dubs ever is Cromarty High School. Oh yeah, I've heard a lot of shit about that. You, you you have to watch Cromarty High School with the dub. Like they they not only did a good dub, they improved on the Japanese version. Like it's funnier than the Japanese version, which is. Like, crazy to say, but it absolutely is an improvement on the original. So, yeah, Crow High, absolutely. And then secondly, are there any animes or anime-adjacent things that you would want to see a movie of? Uh, Rose, is there anything for you? (sighs) Hmm. It's probably too far out now, but Samurai Shampoo... I would have loved a movie of that. Uh, that would make sure. Good, yeah. Imagine like the new Habe's soundtrack for a movie like that. Yeah, cheese. Fucking would have been great. Uh, and my other one I would say is uh, Kill a Kill if they removed Ragyo and made something more interesting. Mm. Uh, I feel like they could okay. cut out a lot of the bad shit in Kill a Kill. Not all of it, because kind of the cork seat's pretty bad, huh? In it, but. <laughs> uh, 
like it could at least be like way more serviceable and make those good parts shine a lot better if they cut out a lot of the fat in that show. Uh, Trixie, how about you? Hmm. I. It's hard, but uh, I guess something. I don't know if it's even possible, but a whole Eurocamp movie would be really good and really relaxing. I imagine. It's probably, there's probably not much that you could do to make a movie out of that premise, but I would really appreciate something like that. Okay. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I feel like a lot of the stuff that I like gets movies. <laughs> also that, yeah. Uh, that's, it's tough to say. Hmm. Hmm. Just, just give... Just make a full a full movie for learning with manga, fake grand order. <laughs> for real, though. Yeah, I know. Give, Ri- mm. give Rio a movie budget to just go fucking ham, please. I, I, that, that does remind me that I'm very glad Camelot's getting movies. That's great uh, for fake go. Yeah. Yeah, but are they are they small fucked up? You're right. No, they're not small fucked up. That would be great. That's how it would be actually you know, good. Even besides that, it would be funny if they made a fake Go event into a movie because those events are so fucking off the rails constantly with just such ridiculous bullshit that, yeah. like, I feel like you could sell someone on letting them make that more, but it would be so fucking... Like, if they did the fucking Halloween event where Elizabeth Battery's like, lost my house to Cleopatra, now I have to play, dun- like, uh, fucking Ghouls and Ghosts. It's like, all right, <laughs> what? like, what the fuck? Okay. That only even happens because two of herselves merge into one. Yeah. <laughs> like the Halloween her and the normal her. <sighs> they just need to make one where it's about Nobu trying to smell o- Okita's feet. Yep. Didn't they already do that? They made an OVA for that that uh that that uh that manga. That's that should basically be the entire thing it's about, right? I guess so. Yeah. Let me smell those fucking toes. <laughs> I mean, if you've seen the fucking Okita art, it makes sense. Like, holy shit! I know. I've, I've, I've seen it. Don't worry. She's got her <laughs> fucking feets out, toes spread. Just like here you go, folks. Have a good time. Oh, we need to stop talking about feet on this fucking show. <laughs> I guess so. Or you know. <laughs> Some people might be more ready to uh, to give money to us if we continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's just let's just fin dom some people with our fucking feet talk. I mean, one of these one of these days, we just make a special episode dedicated to feet and have it be a Patreon exclusive. All right. Well, oh. you know, we're not that far off from uh, <laughs> Chuchigatri episode sixty nine. <laughs> yes, we are. What are you talking about? <laughs> we're not even a fifth of the way there. <laughs> Don't, it, it'll it'll come sooner than you think. <laughs> oh yeah, well that's the worst thing you could have said about that. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're about done with this episode of the show. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for sending your question is questions in. And uh, Rose and Trixie, thank you so much for being on with me. Of course, no prob. It's always it's always a great time. It really is. 
Um, and please, if you're listening to this on the free channel, uh, check us out on patreon.com slash VGCC. And for just one dollar, you can listen to us a whole week early. And not only that, if you want to pay three dollars, you can listen to us and our tabletop RPG, The Route, a whole week early, too. So that'll match up for you. You can listen to both of them early. You don't have to wait at all. Everyone else will be a week in the future. You'll be caught up. You'll be ready. You'll be in the know. You'll be able to talk about all the crazy shit that happens before anyone else can. I mean, you might have to, like, message us about it, but, you know, we're fine to talk about that. You can talk to me about anime all you want. I don't care. Because, hey, go, go, to, go to the gamezone.zone. That's where you can talk about anime. There's, there's, it's a Discord server. Just type in the gamezone.zone, and that'll bring you to our Discord. And follow us on Twitter, at VGChuChu, and uh, on our Tumblr, videogameschuchu.tumblr.com. Is there anything else uh, either of you two want to wanna throw out there? Any plugs? Stay tuned for um. more feet. Oh, don't plug feet. <laughs> um, don't plug feet. <laughs> that's the title of the podcast. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, you said the route. We're doing the route, route, whatever the fuck. I'm on that. It's great. You are. Murder. Yeah. I'm playing a murderer. As you are to do. Yeah. <laughs> It's right. fun. Well, I, th- that'll be a, that'll be it. Um, check back in two weeks for our Bakemonogatari discussion. Make sure you watch it because I don't want to watch it for nothing. These two have seen it already. These two could fucking quote that shit front to back. I gotta watch it. All right. So this will be if, if you're gonna do it for anyone, do it for me. So my effort is not in vain. <laughs> watch it for John. <laughs> don't act, don't actually do that. Watch it for yourself. Watch <laughs> it to have fun. All right. Watch it. Watch it to join in the conversation with all of us because we're having a good time here. All right. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Chuchigatri Unlimited Trainworks. So long. <laughs>